You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Colton's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. This is Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Yeah, we had a bit of an issue. As I explained yesterday, I don't even know how to explain it, but those were the basic details of what went down. Recorded with Cassandra. It was a very fun interview. She was great. I tweeted out that she was going to be on it, and all of a sudden ABC's people freaked out and told her they didn't want her to be a part of it or whatever the case may be. So I I, I don't understand it. I'm keeping that interview I'm hopefully going to run it at some point once, I don't know, time has passed or something, and I will definitely play it for you at some point. Maybe when um, Colton's season begins and we're four months removed from Paradise or whatever and they don't care or they, I, I don't know, but just know I'm not getting rid of the interview. It's sitting here on my desktop and I'm not going to get rid of it, so keep that in mind. This podcast is brought to you by Evelyn and Bobby's women-led intimates company creates beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. They've created the best underwear ever, combining unique softness with smooth, flat seams that offer a fit so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing them. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes and one size that fits many with four-way stretch that moves with you. Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code Steve to get a free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use the code Steve at EvelynBobby.com. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Also, Nell Coulter's Floribama Shore recaps are up every Tuesday. The last one for Season 2 coming this Tuesday. Her Are You the One recap Season 7 are up every Thursday. That was posted yesterday, along with some information regarding Colton season. If you want to check that out, there are spoilers in there. And if you want to be part of the He Said, She Said podcast, by all means, email myself, email Ashley. Let us know what time's on your end. Let us know the issue that you want to talk about when's the best time for you to record and get a Skype name if you don't have one already because that's how we record the phone calls. So without any further ado, let's get to round two of the podcast number 98, this time with Jacqueline Trumbull. Okay, let's welcome in our guest. You saw her on Ari's season of The Bachelor earlier this year, then briefly this past summer on Paradise. She's uh, been in the news recently, which we'll get to later. <laughs> it's Jacqueline Trumbull. Jacqueline, how are you? Hello. Oh, I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Just okay, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll cap it there. Yeah, let's, let's go back uh, before we get to Paradise and post-Paradise stuff. Let's go back to Ari's season. Okay. And talk about some of the things that led up to everything that happened to you there. Because you were, I, I want to say that you were the character on Ari season that, and there's one of these every season, where somebody that lasts a pretty good amount of time on the show, uh-huh. but then everyone's like, who the fuck is this? How do they make it six yeah. episodes? Who is this person? You were that <laughs> girl this year. Um, there's always, on the Bachelorette season, there's always a guy that gets to episode six or seven and everyone's like, who this person hasn't even had a date. Like, it's just very, you were that girl. So I want to get people to, to know you a little bit better. So first off, let's start off with how you got cast on this show. 
Were you one of these people that was sitting home alone one night and filled out an application? Did a friend do it? How did you, how did this all came about for you? A friend did it. Yeah. I was, um, I'm sure you'll love this. I actually liked Nick Vile. And so when I found out he was going to be the bachelor, I mean, I never wanted to go on the show or anything like that, but my friend kind of like seized his opportunity and nominated me for it. And then casting didn't call me for like another six months. And I had just started my new job and, wasn't the best time but it was such an interesting opportunity and and honestly casting was such an easy process that I just kept going with it I mean I was expecting to have to like do a a comedy routine in a bikini or something in front of 400 people but instead it was just like you know stand in front of a camera and talk to these two cool you know women so so when you said you were a fan of Nick did you when you say this whole application process started did you originally apply for next season and they just kept you over a season or yeah well I mean I didn't apply right so he so he oh. nominated me like right kind of at the tail end of when they were casting for Nick okay. and I think it was just kind of late at that point and so they just kind of held my held that nomination letter and then and then they called me and asked me to apply okay so how big of a fan of you were how big of a fan of the show were you I was pretty big I'd watched it for like five years so I was basically a historian at that point. Yeah, I was going to say. Like so you yeah. so you were very much into this show and pretty much kind of had an idea of how it worked and whatnot. Absolutely, yeah. All right. So when <laughs> did you know who Ari was when they announced him as the bachelor? Yeah, I'd seen that season. Oh, okay. So you had seen his season. You were you were aware of who he was and at the time that they made his announcement, had you already gotten your acceptance letter? Yes. Okay. So you obviously had the opportunity to possibly back out after his announcement because most people were thinking it was possibly going to be Peter or whoever from Rachel's season. So my question to you is, was there any thought to backing out? No, I was actually really happy it was Ari. That was a very pleasant surprise to me. Why? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't mind me asking, I... Uh, this uh, okay yeah why <laughs> well i mean i thought he was endearing on emily's season i thought uh, peter would have been very intimidating to me and in, in a kind of uh like like not like not intimidating in a particularly good way i mean i thought he was he was stoic and very good looking but i didn't get that much more out of him and he was i mean he was a personal trainer i hadn't worked out in like five years i mean it was i already felt like i i, I couldn't understand why they cast me in the first place um and I mean, it just felt kind of like a joke. Um, and so when they when they brought in another seeming outsider, then that calmed me down a lot. And Ari was much more my type in the sense that he'd, you know, he'd lived a really unusual life and he was super cosmopolitan and he'd been out of the limelight. And so um, I was just I just found him more compelling. OK, fair enough. Yeah. I think a lot of people disagree with you, but whatever. (laughs) Different strokes for different folks. Uh, Uh So when you went on the show and you had made the decision to go on the show, Mm -hmm. knowing it was Ari and whatnot, uh, did you have anything planned for your limo entrance? Because honestly, I don't remember what you did, but was it what you, whatever you did, was it what you wanted to do or no? 
So what happened? I so I went in and I was originally just gonna do, just gonna you know say hi and be classy and maybe hand him a tulip or something because he's from the Netherlands. But I went in and Alon was like, you know what helps sometimes is if you write down your ten worst ideas, like ten really really bad ideas, and then sometimes you'll get something brilliant for that. And so I just started writing them down. And the first one I wrote was, "Where's Peter?" And they were like go with that. So I, I got out of the limo and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm actually supposed to be meeting a guy named Peter here today. I don't know if you've seen him anywhere. Um, and then, you know, it's like, just kidding. Um, and then we had a normal interaction. Yeah. Okay. So but, what was your first, I mean, obviously you knew who Ari was and you remembered him from Emily's season and you, you kind of had a good feeling in your mind about him, but when you saw him out of the limo, what was your, was it better or worse? What was your initial reaction to him? I would not say that physical attraction was our problem. I mean, we definitely had that. So I was very attracted to him. I was very happy to see him. And he was very, he was kind of, he was kind of goofy, but cool. Um, gen- like easily kind of made me feel comfortable. I mean, I was a little bit stiff that first night, but it, we, what you didn't see was that Ari and I, always had really strong chemistry and I think we always really enjoyed our time together and we actually had pretty good chunks of time together I I wasn't like one of those people who'd get interrupted after three minutes or anything like that so um yeah I mean we were a little bit of a slow burn but I think by the second week we were starting to pick up steam okay when Mm -hmm. once you were in the mansion and everybody had already entered uh when did you enter in terms of not when it was shown, but when it actually happened. Were you towards the beginning of the pack, middle, or end? Uh, like of limo order? Yeah, like when, once you I, got in the mansion, how many how many women? Were I was in the there? first. I was in the first limo, okay. so I was probably the fourth person. Okay, yeah. So you had, so you watched everybody else come in for the most part. So once mm-hmm. everybody was in the mansion, who did you yeah. notice immediately and thought, okay, she's going far, just off of strictly. <sighs> their presence or their dress or how they look, whatever the case may be. Did you have anybody in mind that you're like, yeah, I bet you she is. And it could be somebody that you were dead wrong on. I don't know. No, I, nobody that I remember, honestly, I, I mean, and honestly, I don't think that, I don't think I saw like a strong favorite of Ari's for a long time. Even when I left, I didn't have anybody in mind that I thought was going to win. I mean, I was kind of guessing Warren, Mm -hmm. but, but I, I don't know. I mean, the person I gravitated towards was Bibiana, but I didn't expect, I mean, it's not like I expected her necessarily to like go further than anybody else. Um, and I also just went in feeling like, I mean, I remember when I met Jenna, you know, she was this like social media influencer. She's very bubbly, looked like a Barbie doll. I was like very intimidated by that kind of persona and look. And then we were actually extremely close friends shortly thereafter. So um, I, I just think I didn't, I, I was looking at it from girl eyes, you know, like who do I find intimidating as a girl? And I would say I would put Caroline probably in that bucket. I thought she'd go pretty far. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought Caroline was going to go far. I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was I was stunned to to see her get eliminated in uh, in Tahoe. All right, let's take a break real quick. Talk to you about Paribus. Stop deleting your emails. You heard me. Mass deleting your junk mail could cost you money. You're intrigued. Our secret weapon here at Reality Steve Podcast Headquarters is Paribus, a tool that gets you your money back. It's 100% free to sign up. Customers keep 100% of the savings. No hidden fees. Nothing your mother would frown at. Once you sign up. 
Paribus will scan your emails for receipts, finding refunds that you're owed from online stores, and making it easy for you to save money. If it discovers you bought something online from one of the retailers it monitors, it will track the item's price and help you get a refund when the price drops. Paribus monitors online stores like Target, Gap, Old Navy, Nordstrom, Best Buy, many more. Sound too good to be true? Well, there's more. If your guaranteed shipment from a select online retailer shows up late, yes, even that two-day one, Paribus will help you get compensated. Head to GetParibus.com to sign up. That's GetParibus, P-A-R-I-B-U-S.com. Sign up now. Now let's get back to Jacqueline Trumbull, uninterrupted, for the remainder of the podcast. The couple things that popped out on the first night that we saw as viewers that I want your opinion on is Becca M and the age thing. Did that ever play into how you viewed her? Were you ever put off by her age or? No, not by her age. I mean, she, she's definitely somebody who commands a lot of attention. I I was initially put off by her in general. And this was actually something that I openly told her. We like had a conversation about it because then, I mean, we were, we were friends at a later point, but Becca's very hip and cool, you know, and sometimes I'd be like, she, you know, this girl thinks she's really cool. Like, I, I just got that vibe from her. And that can kind of come from youth a little bit. But the thing about her is that it's not I, a lot of people call her mature and she certainly does have maturity. But it's more just that she's interesting and she has a lot of presence and she can command a room and she can have she can hold her own with people who are much older than her. So even though she can be like very kind of snarky and disloyal and vindictive and all, you know, these ways, which she completely cops up to, you know, now um, she just, she has this, you know, everybody's going to want to talk to her and hear her perspective because it will be, it will be different and will hold weight. So, I mean, I think that's what people were really drawn to with her. Um, And that's why it was surprising that she was young. Were you in the minority of people that felt this way about her in terms of the women in the house? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, uh, I stayed out of the drama as much as possible. And when I say that, I mean, it's not that I actively disliked her. She just kind of irritated me. Um, but li- literally, like within the first week, I mean, we had a conversation about it. And she, I mean, she told me she thought I was like one of the weird ones that would be gone in the first few days. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you form these opinions very quickly and then, and then discard them. Ah, okay. Yeah. What about the next girl I want to ask you about is is Crystal. Um, mm-hmm. Did you notice the voice thing early on? <laughs> and uh, is it something to where were a lot of the other women openly talking about why does she sound like that? Or was it did nobody think of it? Did never. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of digging into memory here. I mean, I probably I I think I mean she was another person that irritated me initially but then she was really nice to me and so I was uh, you know I was like whatever this girl's nice to me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a dick um and I you know I appreciate that like I tend to like people who like me it's maybe a character flaw but um she had definitely an affect um and she had a kind of a performance type persona um and she would always, I mean, it would be like the, it'd always be like she was summing up, um, like at the end of a Full House episode, you know, like whenever we would have a group discussion, then she would kind of like sum it up with something sort of trite. Um, and that was always kind of like that rubbed people the wrong way a lot. I just thought it was kind of funny. 
Well, you say something about like the performance aspect. Is she and they have one of these characters every season, if not multiple ones, where they just act different in front of the, when the cameras were on them as opposed to when they're not. Like that was like she was on for the cameras. Was that kind of her deal? I, I mean, I don't know. She was always kind of on, you know. I mean, oh, and yeah. and that's that's fine. Like I think she's just one of those people who you have to. And actually, I would put Jenna in the same camp. I mean, you have to get to know them and you have to spend time to get to know them before they're going to like really let you in and, and show their authentic self. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily like fake. Um, it just means they have their they have an affect and that can be really good for reality TV sometimes. Yeah. So. No, she, she definitely was entertaining TV. I mean, in the first. Yeah. Well, God, until she got eliminated, I mean, Crystal was the talk of Ari's season. That's all anybody talked about was her. Oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> so they, I mean, they weren't talking about anything that uh, Becca Kufrin did or anything that Lauren B. did because she was basically right. on a mute. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe Tia because of the friendship with Raven and people talked about her accent. But uh, Crystal Nielsen dominated the first five episodes of that show. And it, it got to the point where I think a lot of people were put off by it because everything revolved around crystal. Every date that she was on, it was her involved in the drama or causing the drama or whatever. And I think that people were just like, well, how do we, we don't know anything about any of these other girls. Cause they're giving so much time to crystal, but I guess she yeah. demanded it. I, I mean, one of the things about the, if you're going to go on this show and you want to become famous from it, you have to go in willing to say anything. And I was not one of those people. Right. But she was, I mean, so she would go in that interview and, and really say what she thought and say kind of the outrageous things. And Becca Martinez was like that too. I mean, if you have, if you have everything to gain from the show and not a whole lot to lose, then you're in a really good position to be successful. And, And that was her. So, um, yeah. And I mean, I think she felt kind of, I think there was some like entitlement with her relationship with Ari and she kind of leaned in a little bit too much to like the competition aspect of the show, which is kind of unnecessary that early on or ever really. I I don't think that having a competitive attitude has ever served people well. Well, I think the other thing with Crystal was the fact that she did get the second one-on-one of the season and it happened to be a private jet to his home where she met his family and, and the two, women from your season that I have had on the podcast already, Marik and Bree. Bree couldn't speak to this because she wasn't there, but Marik did, was the fact that she was a little bit dismissive when she came back from that day. Because mostly, most of the time, when a girl goes on a one-on-one, she comes back, she tells everybody what happens. I was told that Crystal literally didn't say a word and would not talk about it. And I think we even saw some of that on when they actually showed it on the show to kind of set up her character that yeah she's one of the girls that i'm not here to make friends with everybody else i'm here for ari and it just that's going to rub people the wrong way whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing i think it's a personal preference thing to be honest but yeah i mean i think that was the initial i mean it's such a small thing you know i mean it should be her right to come back from an extremely personal date with ari and not want to broadcast it and sometimes it can be really annoying to broadcast it too you know like but maybe Nick got in trouble for that too. when he would come back and be kind of quiet. Um, but anyways, I mean, that yeah. seems like a personal choice, but it, it was the first, I think turning, it was that. And then when Becca got put on that motorcycle date and everyone was like, Oh, congratulations, Becca. We're so happy. I wonder what they're doing. And then Crystal started talking about how she would never want that kind of date because of motorcycle accidents and it's unsafe. And, and then she came back and she was like, that was a materialistic date. I'd rather, you know, spend quality time with him or whatever. So it was just kind of like, okay, we're all lucky to have a date, especially the one that Becca Cooper got. So yeah. 
I mean, it was just, it was just constant things like that. But I mean, what you're missing then is that she, what, like when we had our wrestling date, I mean, Crystal was, like, I was so nervous for that date. I mean, that is completely out of my comfort zone. And it actually ended up being probably my favorite date besides my one-on-one. Um, and, and part of it was Crystal, you know, I mean, she was like very encouraging and very warm um, and didn't really make it about herself. She really kind of made it about me. And so she does have like a lot of really positive attributes. Um, it can just seem a little bit, you know, overly performed sometimes. And, and so I think people questioned her sincerity. Yeah, it makes it makes sense because on a show like this, I mean, like you said, you don't have to come back and share with everybody. But on a show like this, if you mm-hmm. don't, you're immediately going to get labeled as, oh, my God, what's wrong with her? She's the villain. She's the bitch in the house. I mean, it's just it yeah. just is what it is. So I don't know if Crystal wasn't familiar with the show and didn't know how it worked. But the second you come back from a date and are like, I'm not going to say anything and kind of be as dismissive as she was about it, it was inevitable that she was going to get that label. I don't, I yeah. can't avoid it. But uh, the date started and you, along with three others, did not get a date in the first group yes. of dates. So Crystal <laughs> got hers, Becca got hers, and then there was the 15-woman demo derby date, but you weren't on it. So right. what was your thought process when you didn't get a date in episode two? Were you like, oh, fuck, I'm screwed? I cried, which I was extremely embarrassed about. I was like, I, I did not want to be the girl who cried the first episode. You know? So um, I should have known that that wasn't a big deal. And I actually think part of the reason was because I had told them that I can't drive a car um, and they thought I didn't have a driver's license. So um, so that might have, you know, that literally could have just been it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it turned out to be, we, I mean, we all made it through. And it was fine. And I think that that would have been my least favorite date imaginable. So I was cool with not with missing it. So when yeah. you had the cocktail party of the rose ceremony of episode two. Yeah. I, obviously I, I had you, to bring it. I was going to say, did what did you do? I can't, I can't remember if they showed any of your they conversation. Didn't. Okay. So what did you they do didn't. in that conversation with him? Or what did I, say? I can, um, I put together a plate of exotic aphrodisiacs. Whoa. So, yeah. And I tried to get, and this is a real thing. I don't know if you've ever seen the league, but there's actually three penis liqueur and we tried to get it, but it was sold out on Amazon. And so I was like, okay guys, just get me some like kind of syrupy gross type of liquor and like put a fake label on it. And I'll just tell them it is what it is. And they came back with whiskey, which they just wrote Chinese whiskey on it. So I was like, how am I supposed to play this off as three penis liqueur? But anyway, I did. And it was supposed to be kind of a metaphor of like what I wanted our life to be about, which would be. Um, <laughs> um, well, like, <laughs> I mean, kind of adventure and and learning and the exotic and, you know, the aphrodisiacs don't hurt. So, gotcha. okay. yeah, that, that there was kind of a romance and like a, yeah, just kind of a romance in like living an adventurous and, and learned life. And it went over well. And I think that he, he noticed me after that. Well, I bet. Fucking you get mm-hmm. an aphrodisiacs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then the next date was the group wrestling date and you were Miss America and your opponent was Crystal. She played the Cougar. I was going to ask you if you thought that date was ridiculous or silly or you were scared and wanted no part of it. But it sounds like you you kind of already answered it. You said, yeah, I didn't. I was totally nervous going into that. And then Crystal kind of helped you through it. 
Well, I thought it was going to be real wrestling. And then as soon as I realized it was kind of a luchador setup, then I was a lot more comfortable. Um, and I also thought, <laughs> so I thought the re- it was the glow women who, and the, like the actual people that the show was based on. I thought it was just the actresses from the show. So I just thought they were like acting the whole time. Yeah. So when Bibi and Tia started crying, I was like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, it's just, they're just full of shit and like acting. But anyway, I realized it was a little bit more real than they than than I initially thought. Um though, but it's it's one of those things where you go out of your comfort zone and you do it fairly well and you realize what you're kind of capable of. And that was an amazing feeling. Um, and it was all for show. I mean Crystal and I had the we had the choreography. We planned it beforehand. Of course I was going to lose because that was realistic against Crystal. Um, but I had some moves against her, which they deleted, which I thought was kind of funny because it looked like I just got completely demolished. But that was more realistic anyway, too. So ah, it was okay. it was a very fun date. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember them showing. Obviously, they do snippets from each date or whatever, but nothing from your wrestling match with with Crystal ever stood out. So I didn't really remember if there was anything major that happened with that. I just got I just got slammed against the ring and then she like slammed my head into the ground several times. So it just looked like I got my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, you were you didn't work out and Crystal is like Miss Fitness, <laughs> so I guess yeah. it made sense. Right. So then you exactly. guys went to Tahoe and uh-huh. your date was hiking through the woods or whatever it was and yes again it became all about crystal because she was making comments about some of the other women and then there was the glam shaming with uh marique and and what yeah that was just absurd yeah <laughs> was <laughs> at that point uh, on that date did crystal get on your nerves at all or was it what we saw more itm stuff where she was saying that stuff but you had no idea until the show aired what she was saying behind people's backs I, I missed all of that. Honestly, I had no idea that there was any drama. I mean, when Tia got the rose, I was like, oh, okay. And that was even the first that I heard. And then I had a conversation with Crystal afterwards. But I really kind of, I mean, from early on, like my initial friend group was Kendall, Jenna, Annalise, Bibiana. And then Annalise and Bibiana got eliminated quickly. So then it was literally Kendall and Jenna. And then I started hanging out like a little bit more with Lauren B and Mikkel. Um, but it would, I mean, I, in other words, I kind of isolated myself. Like I was never really that in on the drama that was happening at any given time. So, I mean, I was literally just having a private whiskey sampling at the bar the entire time while this was going on with like with a producer. Um, there was just no, I mean, I, you know, and I didn't really have feelings for Ari at this point. I mean, I certainly was attracted to him and I liked him, but it was just still, it was too early to determine if I thought we'd be a good fit after like, okay, we ate some aphrodisiacs together and we had like, we met the first night, but there wasn't just, I just didn't have that much skin in the game. So I didn't particularly care. Um, but that was, I think the first indication that Crystal could, was like seriously in trouble with the villain edit. Because of everything that went down in, in Tahoe? With, with Tia and Caroline, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, that's right. The Tia and Caroline stuff. Uh, forget yeah. about that. Well, can you refresh my memory about what exactly was that? Was at the cocktail party of or the after party of that date, or was it at the rose ceremony of Tahoe? The Tia, uh, Tia Caroline. It was in the. It was okay. So they were. I guess, my memory's not great on either. But basically. They were in the hot tub together and Ari and Crystal were like kind of canoodling. And then 
Tia and Carolyn sort of to, to diffuse the awkwardness started canoodling also. And Crystal felt like they were giving her dirty looks and making fun of them or something. And then that escalated. And then they each had their like separate confrontations with Ari. And then in the rose ceremony later, Crystal like dramatically pulled him aside as they do every season um, and had some conversation with him. So, yeah. I mean, that was to me was like the most useless drama of the entire season. It like didn't add to the storyline at all, but whatever. Well, on to Fort Lauderdale, and that's where the shit hit the fan with Crystal. Yeah. That was the bowling date. I can't remember. Were you on the winning team or losing team? Winning. Okay, so you were on the winning team. Yeah. Yeah. You were on the winning team. Uh, Crystal kind of pouts. She was on the team with you. Yeah. And he decides, oh, the losing team, you get to join me later as well. Okay. Yeah. Can you... Who was the girl that was with Crystal back in the room where she made the needle dick comment? Or did she make the needle dick comment in the car ride back? Uh, Needle dick, I think, was to a producer. Oh, it was to a producer. Yeah, because you don't see that person. And I don't think that she would have said that to another girl. Ah, okay. So when did you hear about the needle dick comment? Women tell all. Oh, so nobody knew about that until then? No. Wasn't her the big wasn't her the thing? Big, okay, go ahead. Sorry, the big drama was that she called him not Peter. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, I'm mixing up Needle Dick with not Peter. I mean, I know it was both said in Fort Lauderdale, but I was mixing up the not Peter thing with Needle Dick in that it got out to others while they were there. So yeah. nobody knew about Needle Dick until Women Tell All. Yeah. The not Peter comment was made when? On the way back from the date? Or... Yeah, in the van. <laughs> so... <laughs> and I was in the van, too. That was awesome. So when she said it, did everybody, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, and everybody turned against her? Were they not just... You know, I mean, again, like, okay, we we won the game, and it was this big moment of victory, and we were the underdog team, and there were only a few of us. So we were looking forward to having, like, a cocktail party where we could go to bed before 6 a.m., and we would have quality time with him and, like, really be able to propel our relationships. Um, and, I, and there were a few of us on that team that really needed that time, like me. So it was disappointing when he did that. But that being said, like sometimes when these things happen on the show, you just can't get that mad at the lead because you don't know if it's him or if it's production or whatever. So there's just no there's no point to losing your mind. It's just not it's not going to lead anywhere good. So, I mean, she's calling him a liar and going back on his word. And like to this day, I don't know if that was Ari's decision. Um, I'm sure it wasn't. Nothing is his. He doesn't make any decisions. (laughs) He he could suggest it, but it has to be, you know, approved by those yeah yeah well what is how do you remember how she used the not peter line i mean i think she was just she was just ranting and ranting and ranting in the van and i mean i was like kind of tuning it out i mean like i agreed with some of the stuff she was saying but it was just like her venting and you know an emotional reaction then she started trying to get everybody to boycott the co- the cocktail party, which was like obviously not going to happen. Yeah. So then she like taking a harder stand decided she was going to do it, and then she was just like hashtag not Peter. I mean, it was like it was kind of a throwaway. I didn't even hear her say it, but <laughs> the other girls did, and this became extremely offensive. 
Um, and I was actually the person who originally told Ari about it. Oh, you snitch. Well, you know, what was happening was we all sat down with Ari and Crystal wasn't there and everybody was alluding to it. You know, so they'd be like, Ari, you don't even know what she said. It was really, really bad. Like, we won't tell you, I guess, but like, you should know it was extremely insulting. And I was like, you know, I mean, I literally was like, Ari, this is what it was. I don't even think she meant it. It was just like a moment of venting frustration. I mean, someone was going to tell him, right? And I was kind of the least, like, emotionally wrapped up in it. And I just genuinely, I was like, dude, like, the whole Peter thing is such yesterday's news. Nobody here wants it to be Peter. Like, everybody has moved on. Everybody's forming relationships with you. It was just clearly a way to, you know, like, get, like, gratify herself by insulting him for a second. It was just, like, an easy low blow. So I just don't even, I don't even think she meant it. It was it was so stupid. Um, but they also erased that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause they showed you guys all sitting there and then her getting ready in the room and then her coming down and then him going back up to her. I, it was just that whole Fort Lauderdale was a mess, but that's essentially yeah. where it just kind of the shit hit the fan on the season. So it's a great, great week for me. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you got to witness a lot of stuff and you got to rat out crystal. How about that? Um, that was yeah well that was when my relationship with him took off too why what happened well i so on group dates i had typically been really uncomfortable and would kind of hold back and this time i decided to like really go for it and i wasn't sure if he was super attracted to me like i knew we had a lot of ease together and we'd already kissed a whole bunch and everything but he wouldn't like seek me out necessarily and during the bowling date like we were extremely flirtatious um we were really, really vibing. And then when he like gave the opposing team, he let them come to, he put his arm around me. He's like, are you mad at me? And I said, yes. And he was like, well, I'll give you special time. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's like forgiven. Um, and then, you know, like we had that, that conversation that night, which was good. And then at the rose ceremony, we had a really great time together. And I did this whole Rorschach, like fake Rorschach test um, with chocolate sauce. And it was just like a flirtation mechanism and we made out a whole bunch and that was the first time i hit the screen i think yeah (laughs) yeah is is all your interaction with him and everything that you did involved around some sort of sexual sensuous (laughs) i mean chocolates and aphrodisiacs and my god (laughs) yeah right i mean you wouldn't I mean, given the rumors that have come to light about me recently, apparently I am some sort of like sexual deviant beast. But at the time, I think I was like sort of reserved and I was getting like the elegant at it. So it is kind of funny in retrospect. But yeah, I mean, the whole Rorschach test was like we'd make these fake. um, I mean, I don't know if you know that it's like a projective test used in psychology, Um, like those ink blot tests. Yeah. So we'd make these fake ink blots and I'd be like, what do you see? He'd be like, well, I see an old man with a wide forehead. I'd be like, oh, that's that's pretty concerning. That typically indicates like an obsessive sexual, you know, attraction to big haired brunette brunettes. So we should look further into that, you know, and then he would do that for me and we make out a whole bunch and it was great. It's great. (laughs) We saw (laughs) we saw none of this. None of it. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, they, they complete, I, I got my fun side completely edited out. (laughs) And so, I mean, Paris is like, Paris is kind of fun, I guess. Well, that's where we're going next. We're going to Paris next. Oh, goody. Mm -hmm. You got to shop and have dinner at 
Maxims? Is that what it was? Maxims? Maxims. Maxims. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, and like I said earlier, you're like the girl who is on the show, lasts a pretty long time, but people are like, well, who is this girl? Like, who? And yeah. on that date, it kind of got brought to the forefront. Like, you guys had some sort of connection that we hadn't seen through the yeah. first five episodes. So, <laughs> on the Paris date, what was going through your mind and was it did you feel after that date like okay we we are good and i've got a chance at this or was it still were you still in kind of limbo no so i i was feeling pressure from home because my boss i mean basically when i when i left for the show and everybody knew this like my boss was like okay you can go but the lab really like might not be able to handle this and say somebody sorry um and so I was like, I didn't go in with the intention to stay as long as possible. I went in with the intention to stay as long as, as long as I could to figure out if this was like a viable marriage for me, basically. Um, and it was really getting, I mean, it was the week before hometown. Well, no, sorry. It was the, the week before the week before hometown. So yeah. I wanted to stay, but I had never gotten a real, like real quality time with Ari. And so I still didn't know how I felt. Um, and that was, so when I went there, I was really, I was thinking like, this isn't so much about me impressing Ari. It's, I need to figure out if this is what I want. Cause otherwise I have to go back to my job. Cause I, that was, I just really didn't want to jeopardize it. Um, so I go on that Paris date and it was wonderful. Um, and we had a great, great time. But I kind of knew, you know, I was like, this is an amazing date, but it's not the best date I've ever had. And it should be. And so I'm thinking, like, this probably isn't the person I'm going to marry. So, you know, when we're interviewing and I'm crying about it looks like I'm crying about the Ph.D. thing. I was actually crying because I was like considering not accepting the rose. But I desperately did not want to do that because I did have feelings for him and they did strengthen over the next few days as well. So I was like a complete emotional wreck in my ITMs and I I felt pretty confident that he was going to give me a rose that day. I mean, we were just completely vibing. I mean, the conversation was great. Um, Physical chemistry was great. I think that we had kind of a unique connection. Um, And so I decided to accept the rose, but I felt, I mean, the next like three or four days, I was just racked with guilt and anxiety because I didn't. I didn't know what the right thing to do was until Italy. And in Italy is where you eliminated yourself. So basically, are you saying you eliminated yourself because you couldn't stay any longer because of work? I mean, I, I could have, but I would have risked losing my job. And I wasn't going to do that for somebody that I knew I wasn't going to marry. Okay. So that's what it was. If, yeah. If, if, yeah. The, if the connection would have been stronger, you would have stayed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you left in Italy, you were upset, whatever the case may be. But like you said earlier, when you left, you didn't know who he was picking. Like you didn't have anybody, a favorite um, that you thought was he was going to go with. You said maybe no. one. And to be honest, to be honest, our breakup was a lot more dramatic than what was shown. Like, and so when, and I mean, he was like, he's, he literally said, please don't leave me. I mean, it was like, it was an extremely emotional, sad, sad breakup. So when I left, I like essentially instantly regretted it. And then I was like, if he felt that strongly about me and we just had one date, then I mean, I don't know like what his feelings are for these other women. 
Um, and he wasn't showing clear preference really. I mean, he hadn't had any repeat dates at that point except for until like until Becca, but, she, but that was like such a natural repeat date, right? Because she had been the first one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it, I didn't see any like clear front runners. And then I was even like, maybe I should have stayed and like see what could have happened. But then I was like, that would not be the right thing to do. Um, but I felt like Lauren was the person that was most his type. It just seemed like they kind of recognized each other a little bit better. And Becca kind of seemed like the the fan favorite in a way. Like I could see him thinking that he was supposed to be with her. And but he his type historically seemed more like Lauren. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. When I was just going to ask you, when you heard what happened, what did you think? It sounds like you. So you're saying you think he picked Becca out of almost not peer pressure, but this is kind of who I think America would expect me to pick or would want me to pick, but it's not really who is for me. I mean, I think it's like a, I mean, I, I would really have to ask him and I don't think I can at this point. Like I don't think I would get a, a real answer, but yeah. I think it's partially that, but it's also that he probably wanted to go in and be successful. And he, you know, you don't get a chance to go on the bachelor and have a casual relationship that you see develop, right? You have to go in and like, I think a lot of people get to the end and they're like, okay, what's the best, what's the objectively best decision. And you see Becca who seems very sure and very ready and like, you know, comes from a solid supportive family. I think Lawrence is maybe a little bit more skeptical. Um, and Becca's like much more out there with her feeling. She has clear maturity versus Lauren is very hard to read. Seem seemingly very insecure about their relationship and connection, which who wouldn't be, but, um, and so, yeah. And so I think it was for him, it was like, okay, this I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make the best decision about who is going to be my wife and Becca radiates that. Um, and I mean, Lauren is going to make an amazing wife too. It's just that he was going for the extremely limited information that he had. Are you still friends with Lauren? Yeah, I am. I'll actually probably see her tomorrow. Are they in New York or something? Yes. Oh, yeah. are you, are you going to the wedding? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Who is, yeah. who, who is, well, I, I don't want to get, I mean, if you can say it, great. If not, no big deal. But who of the women from your season are going to the wedding? Uh, I would imagine Mikkel. I think I saw Marique posted on her Instagram. And then, I mean, she was, they were just in Utah. So, I mean, Jenny was there too. Um, and who? CN. Jenny, she was, she was gone after the first week. Oh, Jenny Del 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 Delaney? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Becca and Garrett aren't going to be invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to be made of honor and best yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Would, would be fitting. Uh, <laughs> all right. So once you left the show, I'm sure you were asked immediately about Paradise. That's what everyone seems to say. Like, yeah, I was in the limo and they were already, you know, putting it in my head. Oh, keep us in mind for Paradise or whatever. Was it something that you wanted to do when you left Italy or is it something you no. came around to later? It's something I came around to later. I was pretty adamant that I wouldn't do it, actually, at first. Why? Uh, I thought I would torpedo my career. I mean, it's it's a tawdry show about tequila-induced meltdowns on a beach. So, you know, I didn't think it was the best look. But I will be totally honest with you. I mean, the objective side of myself is, like, stop doing these shows. They First of all, they do not make me happy. I mean, I'm, like, 
decidedly less happy than I was before I did this, but there it's like a compulsion. I, I honestly think it's just some basic like human drive for, for visibility and dominance and adventure. I <laughs> just like, I mean, Bennett, the, my producer was literally like, Jacqueline, you know, you can be anxious about this for, for months, or you can just recognize that you're going to do it and just do it. <laughs> well, I would, I would think that, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here or, or crazy talk, but I also do think, and I, and I actually know this because former contestants have told me, it's also the FOMO aspect of it because your yeah. friends are doing it and you're like, well, they're doing it. So why can't I? I mean, it's, I get it to a certain extent, but yeah, it, it does become a point where for some people it takes over their life and it defines mm-hmm. them. And this is what they, everything they do is about this. And I bachelor nation is so important in their lives and what random strangers on the internet comment about them as long as they're positive is what drives them and what feeds them and they can't breathe without a random yeah. stranger saying you were so great on the show or whatever it that's where it gets a little bit out of hand no it is and i mean i've noticed i've noticed a high degree of that in myself too i mean not like i'm not really part of bachelor nation in any you know grand way but i've definitely become way too consumed with what other people think of me and like you know the more so the negative comments um, have really gotten to me and really affected my self-esteem. And it's, it's, I mean, it's part of what is, what freaks me out about this is knowing that rationally I'm better than this, right? Like I can, I can sit on a perch and like look down at myself and be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you becoming consumed with this? And it just happens anyway. (laughs) I'm completely, you know, completely obsessed and it, it sucks. And then, you know, like I know if I went on another show, I mean, there, the thing is that, if you get enough followers, uh, I I would think that the pros would start outweighing the cons because you're starting to make money and you're having really interesting experiences and, and you know, your network is really cool. Yeah. But sometimes when you have a smaller following, you're not really making any money. Like I'm not really making any money from this. Um, I'm not, I mean, there's like a few, there's definitely a few things I've been invited to and I've had some interesting experiences, but sometimes like the negative press can seem like the most salient aspect of this entire experience and so that can really like that can really damage your mental health um and so then you're caught between like do i want to completely step away from this or do i want to try to get to that point where the pros outweigh the cons and i'm i can justify this experience and i can really say that this is making my life better and then it's important and you know so you you do that sort of seesaw that's very. That's a very well thought out and well reasoned answer. That's, Thank you. I'm impressed. <laughs> I think not, about this constantly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm impressed because most people don't think about it that way, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I have no, I have no problem sharing my, uh, like the bowels of my psychology. <laughs> like everything that's going wrong with me is fine. I'm very matter of fact about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you ended up doing Paradise, as we know. Mm-hmm. And you arrived fairly early. You went on a date with Kenny. Seemed to go yeah. well. But yeah. then he wasn't into you or you weren't into him. Or I, What happened with Kenny? Um, you know, I mean, I went in. I went in at a really bad time where I went in the day before a rose ceremony and pretty late in the day. So I didn't actually get a chance to, like, you know, just sit there and hit it off with anybody. It was, it was very rigid. Like, okay, you know, here are four people you're going to meet. 
And it didn't look like this way when you're watching it back, but everybody was pretty much coupled up by then. And so there just, I mean, there just weren't a lot, a lot of options. So that's why I initially asked Colton now. I mean, I had no, I did not have my eye on Colton going in. I knew that we had probably radically different value systems. Um, but so, I mean, but so did everybody else, you know, like Kenny had a giant cross on his arm and I'm an atheist, you know? So I was like, where's this going to go? I mean, it's and like, you know, Colton is a virgin, which I assume is well, semi- definitely not down with that. I mean, and, and meanwhile, I have a tattoo on my foot, which is an icon of a religion I made up when I was nine. And that was what we talked about with Kenny. So he was like, ah, my cross is burning. You know, I was like, this is going to be a successful partnership. Um, but yeah, so, but Kenny was the person I had a, I had a pretty good conversation with Colton, but it was very much about like him being in a rough emotional state, which was curious. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then Kenny and I had a pretty good conversation and then I wasn't super into the other two people that I talked to. So mm-hmm. I initially asked Colton and then, but I was, I was, it was more, I was like, you know, I'd, I'd like to take you on the state, but I have a feeling that something's going on with you. So are you actually available or not? He was like, no, I'm pretty, pretty messed up. So then I asked Kenny. And, but so was it just, I don't, I don't remember what we saw with Ken. I mean, I remember you guys made out and whatnot, but I don't yeah. remember what the, on the television aspect of it, who ended it with who? Well, he didn't give me a rose. Oh, okay. He gave yeah. It- I mean, it wasn't like we broke up or anything. I mean, there, you know, there wasn't anything to break up. Okay. So you just didn't get it. That was the only, so that was the only date you went on. All right. For some reason, yeah. I thought you went on another one. Okay. No, it's very short. <laughs> so that was it. You so you were there, what, three days, maybe? No, man. I was in the hotel for longer than I was on the beach. I got in at 5.30 on, let's say, Sunday. And then I was there Sunday night and then Monday. And then we had the rose ceremony overnight. And then I got sent home on my birthday. Lovely. I know. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That sucks. Uh, all right. So you did that and you, you're barely there. And mm-hmm. even though you were barely there and barely spending time there, was it better? Was it worse? Or was it pretty much what you expected? The experience on paradise? Uh, uh, better. So better or worse than what I expected or better yeah. than worse than that? Um, it was worse, I would say, but that doesn't mean that, <laughs> If I had like if I had been original cast or something, it could have been better. Um, but I just didn't like. I anticipated liking the format of it better than The Bachelor, but it turns out that I didn't. You're very, you're very much pressured into manipulating each other. Um, hmm. Because like for instance, I mean Kenny and I had a really good conversation, but I didn't think that there was any like particularly like physical chemistry coming from either of us. Um, but I felt like. If I wanted to stay, and you also have the shittiest reasons for staying, right? It's like, if you want to stay, I have to talk this guy into making him think that I'm into him so that then maybe somebody else will come and then I'll friend zone Kenny and then I can date this other person. And then like, I don't know. I mean, Kenny's incentivized to just feel out these like connections that he's probably not even like that into either, just so he can give a rose to somebody and have it be real. I mean, and then if somebody else comes in that he's more excited about, then he drops them like a sack of potatoes and you leave. And I mean, I like, it feels like, it feels like Rose campaigning, which is something Caroline said. And I was willing to do it to an extent, but 
I mean, it was like suggested that I do the Rorschach thing with Kenny. And I was like, no, that was my special thing with art. You know, I mean, it just can feel a little bit icky. And I wasn't I, like I tried, but I just wasn't able to do it very successfully. It makes sense. And I, I'm amazed by some like you. I guess I shouldn't be amazed because of the field that you're in. But you are really good at dissecting what it, it's like to be on this show. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> Because nobody else I talk to thinks this way from the show. It's all, it's just, I just get different answers from people that aren't like this well thought out and this well, uh, at least pieced together. I mean, they might be thinking what you're thinking, but they don't express yeah. it like you do. So congratulations on that. Oh, um, thank you. So let's see, let's see, let me think where we're at here. Okay. When you were there, what was the biggest drama going on? Was it T and Colton? Oh God. Um, well, you have to understand that I was, I was missing from all of it. So I got in, I was pushed for people and then I immediately went on my date with Kenny and then I came back and then I went to bed. And then the next day, because it was a rose ceremony day, we were pretty sequestered. So I literally spent the entire day talking to Caroline Oh, okay. and I didn't see anything. And then at the cocktail party, so there was a thunderstorm, so we, like, started filming, um, and then we, there was a huge break, and then we started filming again, but I, it was, like, it was the strangest cocktail party ever, because it was just coupled up people on the couch, and then Kenny was in one room, and John was in another room, and then, like, the four single women, or however many, was it, it was six single women, were just, like, basically like lining up to talk to both of them so we almost we kind of missed the drama that was going on with jordan and chris like literally i came back and they were trying to explain to me what happened and i was like i knew that everybody was mad at chris and then jordan came in and apologized and i leaned over to t and i was like i thought we were mad at chris like i don't, I don't even know what's happening here so i missed everything which is kind of a bummer because yeah. it was it was sort of entertaining but certainly entertaining whatever. to watch back yeah no it was uh what wait? What was the drama between Jordan and Chris? They were boys. What did I miss? The... I don't remember. So Chris, well, so Jordan did the whole threw the dog in the ocean thing. It was two separate instances of drama, but I don't yeah. remember what Chris did exactly. Everyone was very angry with him that day, though, and he was wearing his dumb headband, which didn't make it better. The, the Karate Kid headband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I'm try, now I'm trying to think of what was, what were people mad at Chris for? Was it the um. Well, he, oh, oh, was it the Tia, dumping Tia for Crystal right away when he just told, wasn't it because he had just told Tia that he's on her side or whatever? Wasn't that it? Maybe. I think he also made some comment about like, you know, there's girls here that want to stay, but they're going home. Like, which one of you wants to go to the boom boom room with me? I'll give you my rose. There's like some tacky comment like that that oh, got okay. him in trouble. Yeah. Oh, all right. Didn't know that. It was kind of slim pickings there that day. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, when yeah. you were going on the show and you were, you know, talking to producers about, you know, going on, they always ask everybody, who are you interested in? Who would you like to see on the show? What were some of the names that you threw out? Like, who were you interested in or hoping that was down there? Well, I mean, this is terrible, but Leo. Oh my so, God. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this explains everything about my life, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> my dating life. Explains a lot. Um, yeah. I was like, you know, Leo or Jason would be cool. But, I mean, honestly, I neither of those 
neither of them like totally appealed to me. I, I went in like with kind of low hopes. I mean, cause there was nobody on Becca's season that I was super interested in. I would have been interested in Jordan major if, if I had known that he was coming and indeed he did. Um, but alas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Jordan, Jordan, New Zealand. I thought it was briefly. Uh, I, yeah. I thought it was, it's, it's major. That's how you pronounce the last name. I thought it was Mogger. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I did too. Initially it's major major. Okay. So yeah. post show, yeah, you, you strike you struck up a relationship with Jordan from New Zealand, and uh, I believe you had slid into his DMs. That's how it started, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I knew he was going to Burning Man, so okay. So and I was too. Yeah. Is that normal for you to slide into guys' DMs? Like, what made you go after him? <laughs> you just saw my no, it, games and just thought oh, it wasn't. Cool. It wasn't like a romantic thing. I just wanted. I mean. I, yeah, I just knew he was going to Burning Man, and I thought it would be cool to meet somebody from the franchise over there. And so we started FaceTiming and, you know, had a really good time. We, like, pretty instantly clicked that way um, and struck up a friendship and then connected more at Burning Man. So you connected Burning Man, and from what I read on the Internet, and everything I read on the Internet obviously is true, mm-hmm. um, there's a story mm-hmm. that comes out within the last week uh, yeah. saying that, Jordan from New Zealand or Jordan from Winter Games in Paradise is now dating Jacqueline from Paradise. Yeah. So that was within the last week. And then yeah. I, I'll be honest. I have heard recent rumblings. We're just recording this uh, on Thursday the 4th. I'm running it tomorrow on the 5th. I haven't spent a lot of time like looking into what this story was that apparently Life and Style posted in regards to you and Jordan and there's stuff being written about you or whatever the case may be. So whatever you can say, can you fill people in on what's going on with this and you and Jordan? Yeah. Um, so basically, so Jordan and I spent most of Burning Man together and it was really great. Um, you know, I mean, we had a, we had a pretty strong connection. I mean, and it seemed like mostly built on kind of a friendship and then it, it became romantic pretty quickly, but, um, he obviously lives in New Zealand, um, but he was going to spend a couple of months in the States and I knew he wanted to spend part of that in LA and then part of that in New York. So he went to LA and I, when we parted from Burning Man, I wasn't really sure if I was going to see him again. Um, but I mean, I knew that we would like keep in touch, but I didn't know what his, you know, his intentions were with me or with coming to New York, whatever. But then he, he booked a flight to New York and, um, stayed with me and we, it became like a lot more emotionally intense. And I mean, honestly, like, were, were there uh, aphrodisiacs involved? Oh gosh, were there certainly not an entire platter, but <laughs> he, you know, he's a bit of a picky eater. I don't, I think he likes oysters. That's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. 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 Sure. He, uh, chocolate is too, and he is obsessed with peanut M&Ms. So if that counts, then okay. we'll say there were aphrodisiacs. Yeah. Um, one second. So, yeah. So no, we became pretty emotionally close and we just posted, I mean, I, I actually only have about two photos from Burning Man that do not include Jordan. Cause I didn't, I didn't actually take photos myself. Um, and so, you know, I was just like posting things, posting what we had and he really was my Burning Man experience. And so, you know, we just posted things because, we had a great, we had a great time together and we're kind of like starting to date. And then 
the media kind of ran with that more than I thought it would because we were both basically nobodies and that actually started feeling a little bit overwhelming. So we kind of talked about it and we're like, look, this isn't a relationship. We're just taking it day by day, figuring it out, having fun, whatever, um, kind of exploring what's possible between us. But kind of acknowledging that, like, even if we made some serious commitment, there wasn't really any way to fulfill it. Um or, you know, to, to, yeah, because to you weren't moving to New Zealand and he wasn't moving to New York, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. I'm applying to school right now. Like that's my priority. He, he doesn't have a steady job. You know, he's, um, he's an assistant director and kind of works in film and TV. So he's much more freelance. I mean, we just didn't, we had every practical limitation. So, um, yeah, so now we continue to have a good time um, in New York, and then I went to Charleston, and we decided, I mean, we, it, it ended, so we're no longer together. I don't, I mean, I think that he's been respectfully private about it, and so I would like to also, um, but I mean, I would say, uh, what? No, not so, for, not well, so? I mean, no, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like. I, I get why he's being respectfully private about it and whatever. It would have been nice to know because I, I, because all of a sudden you guys were seeing each other and now you're not. And I don't know if America, the people that are listening, I'm sure are curious or whatever. And I know that there's a, um, uh, an underground world out there that uh, stuff got out. Like you said, and you mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast about you. I didn't read all of it. Someone sent me the link and I just skimmed the article, but there's somebody out there that was trashing you online with yeah with cheating allegations. So I'm just going to ask you straight up: Did you cheat on Jordan? I mean, no. I mean, it's not a relevant question. We weren't in a relationship, okay. so I don't know how you can cheat on somebody you're not in a relationship with. I, I mean, what I'll say is that I, I, I to me, to me, entering into a committed relationship means that you, you change the other relationships that you have around you. You know, you if you have flirtatious friendships, you you stop that. You know, I mean, you you develop boundaries with other people and I wasn't necessarily doing that because I wasn't in a committed relationship and so I mean you know I, I suppose you could become angry about that kind of thing but um I mean I, I just think that that's how that's how I've always treated relationships versus non-relationships and and that's that but the rumor going around so Jordan is upset with me I think is fair to say um and he seemingly confirmed this crazy salacious rumor about me that somebody started on reddit which um is it's just I mean it really attacks me from every <laughs> from every angle um makes me look pretty bad um and I was able to disprove it to the mods you know so they started kind of taking it down from subreddits and everything um but yeah, it's not a great day for me in the media. However, I think maybe I'm not quite famous enough for people to care for very long. Fingers crossed. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this a, yeah. di a different way, or at least on Jordan's side. Did Jordan mm -hmm. think that you guys were in a relationship? I mean, so he posted something on Instagram calling me his girlfriend. And that was the first time that that word had ever been used. But we... I mean, we sat down and vocalized to each other that we were not in a relationship. And so, and, and I wasn't, I wasn't looking to enter into a relationship. So if he thought that, then that's kind of on him. I mean, I will say that I cared about him very much and he cared about me very much. And I, I and so I think that he was kind of, 
going with the momentum of our of our closeness. Um, and so therefore, maybe you felt a little bit betrayed by my more casual attitude towards it. But yeah. I mean, I don't I kind of don't know what to tell anybody beyond that, you know, like to me, when you vocalize that you're not in a relationship, that has to mean something. Okay. No, I yeah. just, I honestly don't know enough about this. I didn't read in, in, into it and I didn't, uh, like I said, I was sent, yeah. the, I was sent the link to the life and style article, but that when I started skimming it, it had links to other stuff. I'm like, I don't want to, I mean, honest, yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you here. The second mm-hmm. I see the word Reddit, I just get turned off because I know, and, and you know, I'm sure people on Reddit are listening to this and are now going to just freak out on me and tell me tell me and I'm going to get reports back from people that do like to report back to me on what Reddit people are saying about me. And it's just like, look, I, I honestly, I do not care what they say or what they think. It just doesn't affect my life in any way, shape or form. So, yeah, but I will say that, um, what, so, you know, when I see something like Reddit, I, I, I know I've never been on it, but I know the gist of it is, Anybody can say anything about anyone with zero repercussions, kind of like any comment section or message board or whatever the case may be. I've just never been a fan of that. And and people can absolutely 100 percent call me out for stuff that I did on my website four or five years ago because I did run stuff, run with stuff recklessly. But things have changed and times have changed and we're in 2018 and you can't do it as much you can't do it anymore yeah. and not be and be considered credible. So I I know that Reddit is I know that these people aren't attaching their full name and who they are and yeah. where they came from and where they get information from to what they post. So it has it doesn't it doesn't interest me. I don't care because anybody I mean, can say yeah, anything. So the, the the reason that I the reason that I kind of have to care is like I'm applying to schools and when when tablet so Life and Style went into Reddit right and started. I mean this. This person made up racist rumors about me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Life and Style arg- the article talks about me going to play party, like sex parties, and says that I cheated on Jordan by going to a play party without him, which is... I don't even know what a play party I, is. <laughs> it's a sex party. I mean, whatever. Oh, it, it's okay. fa- it's false. It's false. Um, At Burning Man yeah. or just in general? You go to sex parties? No, just in general. Oh, well, okay. first of all, I didn't... The, the rumor. <laughs> oh, no. This is a rumor. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. saying you did. I was just, I, I thought they were saying specifically, um, I was asking if it was specifically done at Burning Man or if it's just in general that you attended sex parties no, that, that, that this rumor was implying. There were no sex parties at Burning Man, no sex parties here. It's, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's, it was crazy. I mean, it, it just attacked, it attacked me on all, it was like every single way you could attack someone's character, drugs, sex, racism, everything completely unfounded making claims that I had a boyfriend when I went on bachelor in paradise and that it, it, that was my ex-boyfriend from a year and a half ago. And uh, it was just complete craziness. So, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of people believe it. And then the tabloids go into Reddit, pull from there, publish it. It's now Googleable under my name and that can really seriously damage me. So, okay. Well, that's different because I didn't realize yeah. that that's okay. So if, if life and style is pulling information from essentially a message board where anybody can write anything, yeah, that's life and styles fault. I mean, I mean, well, granted, the, it, granted, yeah. it's not right that the person wrote whatever they did about you on that site, but for some other, I don't even want to call them reputable or credible or whatever, but they're a tabloid, they're a gossipy site for them to run with something like that without even contacting the person who wrote it, uh, which 
that person would never be able to be contacted because I'm guessing they didn't put their full name on it and who they no, were or what they are. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's just that's just my issue is just I can't deal with stuff like that. And it's but I can I, I get why something like that would uh, affect you because it could hurt you, like you said, long term with job stuff yeah. and your career. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's at a really, really unfortunate time, but so, I'm, I'm just sorry yeah. that happened. Uh, <laughs> it's OK. Uh, so let's speak about your job real quick before we sure. wrap it up with the final 10. You, I know, are involved in psychology research, right? But yes. you just said huh? you started applying other places. What, where did you apply and what are you applying for? So I common misperception. Uh, misconception is that I was in a PhD program when I was on the show, uh, which is not true. I had actually just started my current job, which is a two-year contract at Mount Sinai, where I basically, I run psych- psychiatry experiments. Um, and and it's, it's one of these jobs that kind of feeds into PhD programs or med school. So a lot of people will get this job experience so that because these programs are unbelievably competitive. They're like two to 3% acceptance rates. Um, and so you need, in many cases, like years of very prestigious research before applying. Um, so I'm coming up at the end of my two-year contract. Um, my, my boss is writing me a recommendation for school, and the other people in my office are also applying to PhDs. So, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So I want to be a psychologist. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like – you sit on somebody sits on your couch and tells you their problems. You know uh, someday, hopefully, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> Much like you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's what I do. That's <laughs> I just don't get a PhD for it. I just do it for fun. Going to school. What is the? I mean, this may sound totally stupid or ignorant, but I don't really care. What is the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist? A psychiatrist goes to med school and prescribes medication. And psychologists go, they get PhDs or PsyDs and they do psychotherapy. So the person you're going to usually go talk to for an hour is going to be a psychologist or a social worker, a mental health counselor. Um, and some psychiatrists do that as well. But a lot of times now it's it's more just medication management. Okay. Yeah. I know now. I might even, <laughs> I might even delete that out of the podcast just because I feel so stupid <laughs> for asking that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, all right, let's, uh, so that was interesting. Okay. I learned, I learned something every day. Now let's get to the final 10 where I ask, okay. uh, three or three. That's in the first question. I was looking at it. Uh, 10 questions regarding anything, uh, regarding your personal life, okay. you know, aphrodisiacs, whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, but nothing really show related. I think there's maybe one or two show related questions, but question number one, Mm-hmm. You are somebody that I know when Ari season was airing got a lot of compliments. People loved your hair. And uh-huh. I I was in agreement with it. I think it's <laughs> you really have a great head of hair. So Thanks. I want you to share with the listeners, give me your top three daily hair products that you just cannot do without and feel free to plug any uh, brands that you want? I don't have any that I can't live without. I use John Frieda shampoo and conditioner, but I also went eight months without using shampoo or conditioner at all. And would use out like, I would use like egg yolks or rye flour or baking soda and vinegar. So it's, it's, it's just, it's my hair. 
<laughs> you, don't, you don't have products that you have to do to maintain that? No. I, I mean, I try to leave it alone as much as possible so that it'll be healthy. I, I try to air dry it so that I don't damage it with, you know, with with heat or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe like Moroccan oil sometimes if it's frizzy, but that's it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I didn't, I did not know. Okay. What about makeup products? Yeah. Um, I like Urban Decay, I guess. Um, What's that? Eyeshadow. And then there's this Givenchy foundation that I like. Um, And I like liquid liner. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not a big, I'm not, I'm not going to have great advice when it comes to like beauty and routine stuff like that. Interesting. Okay. Or style, terrible style. I didn't. Okay. Maybe I just missed the boat on that one. (laughs) I thought you did. Okay. Question number two. What mm-hmm. is the most romantic thing a guy has ever done for you? <sighs> oh man. Um went on the orgy bus at uh, Burning Man with you? First of all, the orgy bus <laughs> <laughs> was something we stumbled across accidentally. It was called Narnia and it was supposed to be a place of peace and quiet where we could sleep. And we fell asleep and Jordan was like I have a feeling that this might be an orgy bus. I was like, Jordan, shut up. It's fine. Go to sleep. And then we woke up an hour later to the sounds of many people having sex. So that was that reference. It was not something we participated in, um, but we were too conked out to leave. Um, Yeah. Most romantic thing guys ever done for you. This is so hard on the spot. You know, I mean, I will say about Jordan that he is very much like an acts of service kind of person. So, I mean, he would do things like wash my boots from Burning Man, like when he was staying at my apartment and um, would definitely like think a lot about how to make make my life easier and and make me happier. And so he's a very romantic person. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, just anytime somebody does something really thoughtful and self-sacrificial. Will be good, but I don't, I don't know. I've been on a lot of I've been on a lot of good dates, but I, I don't know if that's like the most romantic thing. Somebody, I think somebody doing something romantic is just sort of self-sacrificial and kind. Okay, it's yeah. funny, it's funny when you said, I I honestly and maybe this is just the um, child in me, but I honestly thought you said he washed your boobs, and I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, your boots. Gotcha. Okay. No, I'm capable of that myself. Thanks. But... <laughs> All right. Question number three. Your favorite U.S. city to visit? To visit? Probably Charleston, South Carolina, which is where my parents live. Okay. Yeah. It's, um. well, I mean, because my favorite city in the U.S. is New York, but if I'm going to visit, I want something radically different from the place that I live. And Charleston is just really high quality in every way, like beaches. It's beautiful. It's romantic. It's got great food. It's I really would have actually loved a hometown there, but alas. Well, I was going to say they went there for Rachel's season, didn't they? Wasn't Were they? Wasn't one of Rachel's episodes in Charleston, South Carolina? I'm almost positive. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they did the whole Charleston. They had a uh, the guys did the group date was a spelling bee. Mm -hmm. They did you know they were like in a boat in a in the yacht in the harbor. Then they did the spelling bee, and who had the one on one? That was where I want to say yeah I want to say Dean had his one on one there his first one on one. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Rachel's season was, uh, yeah, episode in Charleston. All right, question number four, your biggest okay. relationship pet peeve. Um, oh, God, these are hard. Um, I mean, one thing is if, I mean, one, I get, I, I guess if there's like a strong element of secrecy, well, I would say going through, I would say going through my private things, like my iMessages or texts is probably my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. (laughs) Shots fired. All right. Question number five. Uh, One thing that you would have done differently looking back on your season, whether on Bachelor or Paradise, there's one thing you would have said that you did that you were just like, ah, should never have done that. Um, on Paradise, nothing necessarily i mean maybe maybe yeah there just wasn't much to do i mean maybe if i had like asked kenny like right out of the gate instead of colton because then maybe he wouldn't have felt like second best or something but Mm. i mean whatever like i had so little information on any of these people that there you couldn't make like much of a decision um on the bachelor i mean i have gone back and forth regretting leaving the show or at least not like trying to stay out that week because one thing ari said is he's like what if we went on another date would that help um and sometimes i think that i should have i should have felt out that connection a little bit more because i felt very very strongly when i left um but i i mean i think like ultimately for in terms of who we were meant to end up with you know, he's with the right person and I'm with no one. So it's fine. (laughs) That sounds so depressing. Jesus. (laughs) I know. Uh, All right. Question number six. Can you say with a hundred percent certainty that you are done with bachelor nation shows? No, I told you it's a compulsion. I don't know. I should be done. If I knew it was good for me, I'd be done. But if Nick, and the thing is like, if I get into school, you know, I would have this huge swath. Like, this is what keeps fucking, you know, I guess this is my regret, actually. I should have, I was originally asked to be original cast for Bachelor in Paradise, but I didn't want to take off more than two weeks from work. And so I was, I thought that I'd be faced with another, like, like the same kind of problem that I had with The Bachelor with having to leave early. So I wanted to go in a little bit later so that I could possibly stay till the end. And I think that was a mistake. So you know, if I ever went in again, like I would only do it if I were original cast, probably only if there was somebody that I was actually excited about meeting. Although who knows, you know, you get there and you change your mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I should be done. I, I would probably be happier if I would just get the fuck out of this entire situation. But instead, my inner demon, the devil on my left shoulder keeps stabbing me with this triton. Yeah, I, I would say that you probably would be happier if you just yeah. were able to put it behind you but at least you rec- at least you recognize it and you're not <laughs> and you're not like and you're not not self-aware to where you don't even realize what the show is doing like you get yeah, yeah. It. like you get that you have this whatever you said compulsion towards it um and that's why I'm always like when people talk about right or wrong reasons I'm like there are no right or wrong reasons I mean it's just you just do it because 
that's because life is supposed to be interesting, you know, and like there's a pull towards that. The the only thing that you can do that's a really that's a really shitty thing is to go and totally close minded to meeting someone and like, you know, go in and consistently present yourself insincerely and have absolutely no feelings for the lead because that's just that's just a bad experience for everybody. You know, I mean, the one thing that made my experience so good is that I actually liked Ari. Other than that, I mean, what good reason is there to go on the show? Yeah, well, there's plenty of good reason. People know that Instagram following increasing, being able to make money post-show, being able to quit your job, yeah, those traveling the, for free. The right reasons. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There are a right, you know, the when it comes to this show, the right reasons are to fall in love and find the love of your life and marry that person and stay married forever. Like. Anything other than that, people just consider, oh, you're there for the wrong reasons. But we all know now, I think in in 2018, we all know that if not 100 percent, 95 percent of the contestants that go on the show are going on just more for the experience. And, hey, get some time off work. I can tell my kids about this someday. I'm going to meet friends that are probably going to be my friends for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what people are going on for. And anybody that believes that everybody that's going on the show is thinking they're going to find their husband or wife, they're just that's just stupid. Well, well, that's also delusional. I mean, it's yeah. a terrible way to find someone. You're going to get dumped. I mean, so, yeah. yeah. So go in are, at least with yeah. Yeah, the odds are you're 1 in 20, you have a 1 in 28 chance of that happening or 25 or 26. So, mm-hmm. question number 7. Is it 7? Yeah. Who is your male and female celebrity crush? Okay, I have two male I have two male and one female. My two male celebrity crushes are Christian Bale and Rufus Sewell, who are both kind of inappropriately old at this point. Um, but I will forever love them. Do you know who Rufus I know, Sewell I, is? I know who I know who Christian Bale is, but I, Rufus <laughs> Sewell, I have no idea who that is. He's in Man he plays the Nazi in Man in the High Castle and then Oh, I don't watch that show. Um okay. He's in Queen Victoria he's in Victoria too. Um, he usually plays a villain character, but he's quite cool. I really like him. And then my female celebrity crush is Kate Beckinsale. Of course. I mean, yeah. how can you not like her? She's amazing. Girl or guy can't possibly like <laughs> her. Uh, cause she's definitely in my top five. Question number she's... eight. All mm-hmm. right. These are 10 quick questions and I'm just using the same ones that I asked uh, my last podcast guest. So you just get the same ones. I had to change a couple around to fit you specifically, but yeah. All right, here we go. These are really short. It's either or. All right. Mm -hmm. Strawberry or grape jelly? (laughs) Grape. Beach or poolside? Beach, I guess. Morning or night? Night. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. Vacation, U.S. or international? International. Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Who was the first one? Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Wait, yeah. or Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Ugh, I don't like either of them. I don't know. Uh, Reynolds, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Chris Hemsworth or Chris Pratt? I don't know. I don't know what Chris Pratt looks like. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, alcohol, beer or mixed drink? The, I'm drinking beer right now, but oh, probably okay. mixed drink. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All I right. like all alcohol. Come on. Instagram, <laughs> Snap, or Twitter? Um, uh, maybe Twitter actually, but I, yeah, maybe Twitter. All right. And then last one, Ari, stud or dud? Oh, stud. (laughs) 
You're such a good liar. I love it. All right, question number nine. Uh-huh. Top three movies of all time. Okay. Um, the Lion King, uh, Beautiful Mind, and tied for third, I'm so sorry, is Braveheart or Dangerous Beauty, which is also a Rufus Sewell flick. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, Lion King? Yeah. Braveheart? <laughs> it's a little bit eclectic. <laughs> yeah, but they're say. all epic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. All right. So question number 10 is uh, something called explain your tweet where I go through your Twitter account and find, find a tweet okay. for you to uh, explain. Okay. You, th- It's actually pretty self-explanatory uh, on this one because it was about your date with Kenny. You said, weird, I swear I said both I really, really like him and I don't want it to end and it's going to it's going really well about my date with Ari, not Kenny, and yet somehow those quotes are on Paradise. And this isn't even uh-huh. inside scoop. Those quotes were literally on The Bachelor during my Parasite TM and now on Paradise and someone paying close enough attention would figure it out, a.k.a. me, because I have rewatched these scenes a gazillion times. So I think when it was airing, I said the exact same thing on Twitter that yeah wow <laughs> she's and not not that i i didn't i didn't uh, link it to what you said to ari i just said she really really likes it and doesn't want it to end and i just thought that that was kind of over the top for someone you just met right one of those yeah things. it was so strange i just don't know why they didn't use some deleted footage from my time with ari or with, it wasn't like i said nothing about kenny but uh, I, that just felt like that just felt so lazy. I mean, there's literally a meme of the it's going really well. Like I, I put my hands over my face, you know, and I look very happy. Like it's, I, I was, yeah, I couldn't believe that, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst thing that can happen on these shows. Well, one of the other tweets that, uh, that I noticed was you called me Regina George. I know that. Um <laughs> And, I, and the funny thing is, I haven't seen Mean Girls since I think the week it came out in the theaters. So I don't. Yeah. I honestly don't remember that movie at all. Like I know I watched it, and I know people make reference to it all the time. I know yesterday, October third, was a big day in Mean Girls history. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even remember that. Everyone talks about it every October third. I always see people tweeting about it and putting it on Facebook. And I saw the movie, and I don't remember that at all. What was the October third thing? What did I miss? Um, so Katie has a crush on this dude named Aaron and she is detailing all the times they've ever spoken. And she says once on October 3rd, he asked me what date it is. And then it says, what date is today? It today is October 3rd. It's just line from the movie. But do you remember the part about Regina George? Which one? Wh- At the was, end? Who was she in the movie? Which one was she? I'm forgetting the she, name. She, oh my what? God, how am I? She's Rachel McAdams. So she was oh. the main, she was the main bitch. Oh, by the way, Rachel McAdams also in my top five. I Go know. Ahead. Same. Yeah. yeah. We've got similar tastes in women. Yeah. Apparently. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's, hook, <laughs> let's hook that up. Okay. Go. Uh, what, was, uh, what about Regina George? Okay. So in the end, so they have this burn book where they've all contributed and she takes it to the principal's office and then she makes copies of it and she hurls it. They, she like scatters them through the halls. And so everybody learns these rumors of each other and then they start like attacking each other, like animals in the hallway. And then she's just sitting there with her hands on hands on her hips. And so that was the day when you brought out the Jenna Jordan debacle and oh. just like watched as bachelor nations went up in flames. Well, yeah, I mean, here's what, I mean, I don't, 
like I said, I don't want to talk about this much anymore. It's it is it is what it is at this point. Uh, until the end of time, I'm sure Jenna's going to say that she didn't send the text, and I believe she did. It's going to be essentially a he said she said thing. And I only have you know what I only have one thought on the Jenna thing, but you can keep going. Well, my thing was that I what was I what was I saying? Um, I totally lost my train of thought on this. Uh, but so go ahead I'll, if I remember all. Well, my my only thought is that I think a lot of people, including you, are finding it super incriminating that she was silent for 24 hours um, and has been relatively quiet ever since then. And I think what people are forgetting is that none of us know how to be famous and none of us know how to be in the situation. And we get a lot of conflicting advice. And when somebody when somebody starts this rumor, even if it's fact, I don't know, um, whatever we say in our defense is just going to be used against us a lot of the time. So, for instance, this this person on Reddit like starts this crazy rumor about me. Right. And everybody was advising me to stay quiet, you know, to not say anything. It'll just make it worse. It'll just inflame it. And so I think what happens is like, you know, we're in this situation, we have no idea what to do, we're panicking, we're telling, we're trying to prove our innocence to the people that matter to us in our lives, so our, our close friends and family, but it's very, very scary to go to go on, you know, without help or support and like create some statement and start fanning the flames further. So honestly, I think if I were in that situation, I also would have hidden under the bed and been very, very scared. And when people start hating you, for something that, and I don't know if she did it, right? But let's say she didn't do it or whatever. When people start hating you, you don't want to talk to them because you start hating them too. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you want to talk to the people who love you. Um, and so, yeah. And so to me, it wasn't that incriminating that she didn't come out and say something right away because I think she could have just been frozen. But I've said my piece yeah. and that's it. <laughs> I mean, all the only thing I'll say to that is, which is fine, my thing was, yeah, I, 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 if it were me, I would have been, you know, screaming from the mountaintops from the second I saw it come out. So maybe she handled it differently than I would. That's fine. Yeah. My biggest thing was I know what she said to Jordan when Jordan confronted her on it. And that also was a big thing to me. I think it was more that. Yeah. Yeah. I do think taking her time and saying something is not the way I would have handled it. But mm-hmm. I also think what Jordan told me when I asked him specifically what did she say when you told her about this? Again, if I'm in her position, the first thing out of my mouth privately to my fiance is begging for, for not forgiveness, but begging for him not to believe it. I did not say this. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where this could have possibly started. This isn't me. And she gave about as opposite of answers that as you could. And to me, that's telling because it wasn't publicly. It wasn't something that she had to like, oh, shit, what do I say publicly about this? This is something that, I mean, I've been confronted with something somewhat similar to what Jenna did. And I just, I handled it 180 degrees different than she did. And I, and I denied, denied, denied from the second I was confronted with it. And I knew it wasn't true. And my ex eventually ended up uh, agreeing. Well, (laughs) she didn't end up agreeing (laughs) because she was the one ending up being behind it, but Another story oh. for another day, but <laughs> she tried. Yeah, she tried to manipulate me, and at the time, I didn't know she was manipulating me. I realized it after the fact. But yeah, but she confronted me with something, and I was like, "Absolutely not! This isn't. I did not write this. I did not say this. How would you think this is me?" Like, and and she didn't. So I mean, that's that's why I say I don't know where this is even going to go with Jenna. Yeah, 
you know, going forward, because like I said, she's going to she's going to say that she didn't do it. And I believe that she did. And nothing that she says is going to change my mind and nothing I say is going to change uh, her mind. So I just figure it's not going anywhere. And people are going to believe like, you you know, you read her comments. She's making sure all the positive comments and people that believe her are still being shown and blocking all the negative people, which is fine if that's what she wants to do. So she wants to. Well, sometimes you have to do something for your own sanity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if she <laughs> wants to put it out there, um, that's, you know, that's fine. But like I said, I, she's catering to the people that believe her and that's fine. But when I mean, her own fiance didn't believe her from the second this all broke. And I think that's I think that's kind of telling. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. People are very, very afraid, though, of. I don't know, of being manipulated or being a fool. I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard to believe somebody in that scenario, especially when it's so public. Yeah. I, and especially when they haven't known each other very long. I, I don't know. I, this isn't really, this isn't a defense of Jenna necessarily. I just think that people, people have it in their heads that when this kind of thing happens, there's one way that you act. There's like certain steps that you take. And I, I don't think that's quite true. I think different people react differently. And until you're in this situation where you're suddenly famous for no good reason, you have no idea what to do when this, when you're confronted with this. But, but you, I mean, obviously, you know, many more details than I do. So, but you jumped to your own defense when the stuff came out about you, you knew it wasn't true. Well, but you know what, part of it was because of what happened to Jenna. I mean, part of it was that I was like, and, and I, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I, to life and style, I made a comment, but I didn't engage in the Reddit posts, even though it was sometimes tempting because the mods were like, don't say anything. You know, this is just going to fan the flames. But then other people were like, on the other hand, you don't want to pull a Jenna. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, so you get so much conflicting advice. You, I mean, it's really, it's really scary. I'm just hoping it dies down and I'm sure it will in time. And I just hope that <laughs> that article goes away. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, for your sake, I hope it does. I hope it does too. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's one of these things where, you know, like I said, I've given my thoughts on message board people and people that, um, anybody, I mean, it's not just, I'm not just specifically calling out Reddit, but obviously for this conversation I was because Reddit is what it directly involved you, but anybody that, you know, anybody that, um, who is nameless and faceless and, uh, and, throws accusations or throws rumor and gossip out there. I just, I, I, I just have an issue with it. Everything that I've ever posted on my website, everybody knows it's coming from me. I'm very easy to find. I don't, yeah. hide, I don't hide behind anything that I do. Everybody yeah. knows. And I'm sticking my neck out on the line every time I post something. So that's why I just don't have any, any respect for anybody, you know, like I said, nameless, faceless people that say whatever I mean, they want I, with zero repercussions. I don't either. And the thing is, is that people want to believe what's interesting, right? And rumors are always going to be interesting. So they're, they're always going to crowd around the the tawdry rumor or the, what you know, whatever's painting you in a bad light. And there's just not much you can do about it. But it drives you crazy at first. You know, when you've never been in that position before, that drives you really fucking crazy. <laughs> well, I get we'll it. Live and learn. I get it to yeah. a certain extent. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how this all plays out. Hopefully for you, it, you know, like you said, it goes away and, and it doesn't yeah. affect anything in, in, in your future, um, you know, and according to Jenna's Instagram post, it seems like she is moving on as well, which is, you know, probably something she should have done from the very beginning, but whatever. Uh, you well, know, you try moving Jordan, on in that situation. Jordan's, Jordan's <laughs> moved on. Uh, looks like she's moving on. And 
let's just hope it just all goes away. Because I, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Okay. My thing was, I think people thought something that I had, like I had it out for Jenna, or I purposely did this to her, or I wanted to make her look bad. I don't bad, know why you would wanted, have it out for anybody. I yeah. I didn't, and from the second I started talking about this, I even I know I said it in my podcast to Jordan. I know I said it the day I wrote it. I said, look, I didn't enjoy posting this. I mean, I, I've gotten a label from a lot of people who have told me that I just go after the fuckboys in this franchise and everything I report is always about how douchey the guys are and whatever. And it's just like, well, I report that because 95% of the stuff that's told to me is told to me by women who want to call out the guys. And there's so much stuff that I have not run with that I have heard about guys in this franchise it's only the ones that, you know, are showing proof or want to come forward and talk on a podcast. I just never get stuff from guys that are calling out women on this show. If I did, I would post it. And when I did on this situation, I didn't enjoy it because I knew it was going to, assuming Jordan believed me, which I figured he would, I knew it was going to end a, a, um, an engagement. And I didn't enjoy doing that, but yeah, I'm just a person that, I look, I'm one of the main, if not the main reporter on this show who covers it on the internet. Um, if information comes to me that I think is uh, worthwhile to share, I'm going to post it and I'm going to share it. And did you ever think about like contacting Jenna first and seeing? No, because I didn't think, I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think she would, I knew she would deny it. So I didn't really think it I, you mean just to tell her, like, hey, I'm running with this, and I don't really... Well, or to see if she could provide any contrary evidence. I mean, like, I was able to disprove my rumor, or parts of it. Obviously, you can't disprove complete hearsay, but... Yeah, and I don't, um, I don't know how yeah. you... I don't know... And this is the Well, thing again, I don't know talking. how you vetted this, but... Yeah, and I don't even know yeah. how... You know, this, this whole thing with the forensic evidence that she's going through, and... I, this doesn't make I don't understand what she's doing and, you know, hearing stuff behind the scenes versus what she's posting publicly like stuff just isn't adding up and it's not making um, sense to me. But it is mm-hmm. what it is. Like I said, at this point, I, there's nothing else I'm going to there's nothing else I'm going to post about it. I'm not going to yeah. I have no other information or I mean, I, I do. I have conversations with this person and what they said, but those are never getting released. I released what I needed to release to show yeah. And people can choose to believe it or not. And just like they're choosing, you know, Jenna's people are some people are choosing to believe Jenna over me. And probably more people are choosing to believe me over Jenna. Whatever. I, it, it's out there. I'm moving on to Colton season. They're in Singapore. I need to find out who else is, you know, left on the show. Who's going on dates. Like, that's what I've started to focus yeah. on. So, Well, I'm glad we didn't talk about Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the last 15 minutes. Uh, but anyway. Thank you so much, though, Jacqueline, for coming on. Thank you. I, I, I really enjoyed having you on. Sorry that happened to you. And um, we okay, will sure. hopefully it'll die down and we'll just uh, you good luck with uh, your uh, school. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. Good luck with your schoolwork and, and your Thank going you. for your uh, that, all that stuff. So, yeah, um, all that stuff. <laughs> I hope I hope everything works out for you in the end. And thank you uh, for doing this. I know people are going to definitely want to tune in to this due to the latest news surrounding you. So um, mm. mm-hmm. thank you for sharing what you did. I appreciate it. And Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me on. No problem. And uh, we pleasure. will uh, we will talk soon. 
All right. All right. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you to Jacqueline for that. I really appreciate it. That was very, very interesting. She certainly has an interesting perspective and a very well thought out perspective on about being on this show. Don't forget this podcast brought to you by Evelyn and Bobby. Evelyn and Bobby's women led intimates company creates beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. They've created the best underwear ever, combining unique softness with smooth, flat seams that offer a fit so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing them. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes and one size that fits many with four-way stretch that moves with you. Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code STEVE to get a free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use the code STEVE at EvelynBobby.com. Thanks again to Jacqueline for doing that. I really appreciate it. A lot of fun. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. Some interesting stuff that came out about her recently. I didn't know about any of this until today, and I just wanted to find out what's going on. Like, literally, I felt like in the last week, I saw a story about her and Jordan at Burning Man, and they were now a couple, and here we are when we record this, and they're not. So that was interesting to hear. Also, Nell Coulter's Floor Bama Shore recaps are up every Tuesday. The last one for season two, I believe, is this upcoming Tuesday. And then yesterday, her Are You The One recaps are up every Thursday. I posted that. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. Also, if you want to be part of the He Said, She Said podcast with myself and Ashley Spivey, just email me, email Ashley. Tell us what time zone you're in. Tell us the best times for you to record, and we'll get it done. Thanks again to Jacqueline for that podcast number 98 in the books. We're coming up on 100. I don't think it's going to be anything major. Just going to be another interview because we're just running out of time to put something major together. Anyway, but uh, thank you all for making it possible to reach podcast number 100. So for Jacqueline Trumbull, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. See you.